I ate popcorn during the movie. Oh, how was that? It was fine, except that I have a piece of popcorn kernel <gasps> stuck somewhere. Oh, no. Just beyond, like... No! It's stuck to my tongue, is the thing. Oh, wh- But not in a reachable part <laughs> of my tongue. Oh, no. Like, behind the uvula. No! <laughs> no, it's over for you. It's truly, I've tried gargling, (laughs) I've tried drinking, like, half a liter of water, I've tried brushing my tongue, nothing works. I I think I'm just gonna have to die with this piece of popcorn (laughs) in my mouth. It's it's going to come loose at the most inopportune time. It's, like, stabbing me ever so slightly, too. No. You're going to be like mid important interview and just like start coughing and choking because it finally fell off your tongue. And this will happen two to three years from now. Yeah, it's it's just it's not fun. No, you know, I'm sorry. That sounds awful. I. (sighs) (laughs) That's good podcasting right there. Yeah. Just going. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, like, it's, it's like, uh, wait, it might have gone down my throat. Oh, hell yeah. Love to see that. Love that for you. Podcast is saved. It is still in my throat, though. It's just, it's just not stabbing my tongue anymore. It's stabbing. (laughs) This is actual torture. I'm Unlike so the movie sorry. we watched. The movie we watched was interesting. Um, I thought it was fun. It was. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I do, before we start the podcast proper... Oh, we should I, do our sync. Yes, and also I have a treat for us. <gasps> oh. Well, specifically, treat. it's a treat for me. <laughs> the treat I have for us is that I have acquired All Dressed Chips. Now, Legally. are these the American version or no. the Canadian version? They are the Canadian version. It's got English and French. Beautiful. Um, it's flavored is spelled with an O-U. Yep, 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 yep. That's very important. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a 40-gram bag, and I got six of them <laughs> for $15, nice. which is a tremendously not- good price con- compared to other prices I've seen. Yeah, that's really not bad for... Um, one year for the holidays, Emma bought me a 48-pack of all-dressed chips. <laughs> and that was a very nice way to feel connected, despite the fact that we were living separately. Because, you know, it was it was a weird time. And Yeah. Anyway, um, now I just go to the corner store and look at the all-dressed chips and go, a bit played out. <laughs> uh, I have things changed. I'm gonna try these. Okay. It's got a good smell, first of all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a solid, that's a good chip smell. That's a damn good chip. It's a very good chip. That's a, that's is a the good thing. Okay. What is it? Is this. Okay. According to the pictures, it looks like we've got some onion, some red bell pepper. Mm-hmm. And is that salt? Um, these are the ruffles, right? Yes. It's vinegar. Vinegar I think is okay. what you're looking at. Okay. Yeah, it's it was bell one pepper, of those two. onion, and vinegar. Okay. 
Yeah, that's a good, that's a solid chip. I could see um, that being my daily driver if I lived in Canada. Yeah, it's like, it is a very solid flavor. The way that, okay, so the, the uh, ingredients include um, malic acid for the vinegar, acetic acid, malic acid, MSG, salt, sugar, paprika, garlic powder, onion powder. So the way that I've described all dress chips in the past is like if you mashed um, salt and vinegar chips with a very unsmoky barbecue chip. Mm, yeah. So I guess kind of if you mash um, salt and vinegar chips with um, ketchup chips. Well, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't. It Have actually... you never had ketchup chips? No. Oh, sounds... they're so good. Horrific. No, they're really good. That's another Canadian chip. We, okay. we, you know, ketchup chips are the ones that people usually have heard of, and they're like, "Ooh, ketchup chips," but like, I can have see you where ever encountered a potato where ketchup has been an unwelcome flavor? Uh, a crispy potato of okay. some sort. Crispy is a good qualifier there. Yeah, no, I I can see where it could be good as long as they get the ketchup flavor right. I do, they, I, w- I, I would say in terms of chips, tanginess is important for me to enjoy it in a lot of situations. I agree. I um, love a salt uh, and vinegar. The yep. ones that I got, the um, whatever, like Sasquatch mystery flavor uh that are like a super tangy barbecue those are fucking incredible and i'll be sad because they're probably limited edition you are gonna have to tell the listener about the sasquatch mystery chips okay so i picked up some tim's cascade favorite chip brand first of all i pity anyone who doesn't live in the pacific northwest um but they have some pretty good chips up here i have to say that's true. I'm sh- yeah, I mean, I've just experienced them. I think it's just that cold climates prefer potato chips to be of higher quality. Yeah, if, uh, if that makes sense. If it's too warm, if it's too warm, you don't like potato chip. That's just the rules. It's, yeah, they, they, they say hot chip, but they are, it's really, you want cold chip. You cold, you cold want chip. You cold want chip, you hot want something cold. Now, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> of out hot, that's, eat that's, the food, as they just say. Science. <laughs> um, hot chip specifically is California slang for flaming hot Cheetos, so it's not even a oh, chip. At th- that's. I've never had flaming hot Cheetos. Um, neither have I because they started getting introduced after I had gone vegan. Mm, I don't, I probably haven't had Cheetos period in maybe 30 years and I will not have them because they're disgusting. That's fair. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so, 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 um, Sasquatch mystery, they're Sasquatch surprise flavored <laughs> which just sounds deeply sexual first of it all it really does it, i'm getting a it salty sounds like we're about to have surprise. to like we're gonna have to travel up north with sam elliott and fight this bigfoot <laughs> and then we'll get the sasquatch surprise yeah, when he's Sasqu- not actually dead and tries to fight us a second time oh i was gonna say when we you know suck it down yeah you get a sasquatch surprise um but so so I was 
I was intrigued by this because it's a mystery flavored chip and you don't often see a mystery flavored chip that's usually reserved for like fucking Mountain Dew or Airheads or some shit. Yes. In fact, I also have a snack that I would like to talk about that was a mystery flavor. Excellent. Um, So I bought these thinking uh, what can go wrong? Genuinely top three chips of all time. It's like a really tangy barbecue. Nice. Like, like a, I, I feel like you get that like vinegary tang with a good barbecue sauce and it's really hard to beat. Yeah. No, it's so good. I love vinegar. <laughs> I mean, you, I, you know, there's something to be said about having a vague German ethnicity and loving vinegar. That's true. I, and mine is not even vague at this point. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, there's... I almost... On my mom's side, that family is all German. On my dad's side, that family is mostly German, but also, like, three generations ago were Jews and then mm. converted to not get pogromed. Yeah. So we, we have a complicated history, but... Not a complicated uh, history with vinegar, because I think, you know, everyone who speaks some variation of a Germanic language goes nuts for vinegar. I would say, yeah. So my 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 mom's family is like half German and half Danish, and my dad's family is half German and half Czech. So we're solidly in vinegar territory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God, I love yeah, vinegar. I, I do too. <laughs> So, my mystery snack was a drink. Okay. I went to Emma and I went for a little walk over to Seven Eleven to get some fun drinks for ourselves because we were having a day where we needed fun drinks. Yeah, <clears throat> I know that. And days. I saw something that caught my eye and gave me a sort of it gave me pause because it was a pitch black beverage. It turned you into a furry. I wish. <laughs> um pitch black beverage fanta zero sugar what the fanta flavor mystery flavored soda huh i've seen the there's a place i like there's a taco place i like to get lunch and it has a coke freestyle machine and i've seen that advertised there and have not gotten it it is vile (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm glad i didn't get it (laughs) it tastes like um it's not quite concord grape oh it's like a grassy sort of grassy's not what you want in a soda it's like it's and the thing is the thing about it is it's just so sweet it it's unpalatably sweet as Mm. like and it's like a zero sugar beverage so it's all fake sweetness like (sighs) it it, it all comes from sucralose so you're getting inundated with like this sugar alcohol flavor Mm. and it's it's just it's so bad yeah no, I find the non-citrus uh, Fanta flavors bad because they are too That's sweet. That's fair. And they don't have the, the citric acid to really cut that. How do you feel about the Pina Colada Fanta? I've had pineapple. They have Pina Colada Fanta. Oh, fuck me. I need that in my life. That sounds really yeah. good. I love the pineapple so stuff. I, 
I find that coconut soda, though, it, it tends to get a very filmy sort of texture. Mm, yeah, I can see that. Um, okay, so thus far, you've had two would buy, would eats. I've had a would not buy, would not drink. Yeah, so I want to. The, the, the all dressed are a, a would eat, would not buy, only because I have to import it at great cost if I want to buy it. If I was in Canada, I would be buying it constantly. Now, here's the thing um, there is a US version of the all dressed chip. And I cannot and find it, is it anywhere. Close. It is close, but it is absolutely a different flavor. Mm. <clears throat> I will see if I can find that. I had an easier time finding the Canadian version than the American version, which is strange. That is fascinating. Yeah. Okay, so now that we've done our little <clears throat> House of Snacks This has been Kira's House of Snacks, yet to <laughs> the sequel to House of Snacks. Oh, do you want to get the snack <laughs> keeper should... in here? <laughs> well, I'd rather not. Now that Hello? I <laughs> Oh god, what weird conservative shit are you gonna say, Snack Keeper? Oh, um, I'm a different sort of a Snack Keeper. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Yeah, so my whole thing is, um, I talk a lot about the French Revolution. Okay, what's your opinion on it? I think, um, Robespierre didn't go far enough. <laughs> I don't know enough about the French Revolution to know if that's weirdly conservative or not. I mean, like, um, I'll cut in here. It's like, it's, it's hard to say. So, like, it's extremely authoritarian. Robespierre executed a lot of people. Yes, okay. that is correct. And, you know, he could have done a few more. Uh, yeah. Uh, then he himself got executed because the whole council he set up to execute people turned on him because they realized they could grab power from him by executing him. Mm, yeah, yes, you gotta watch out uh, for that. You really do have to watch out for the backstabbing. Well, um, so anyway. Snack Keeper 2, do you want to close out the... Uh, Snack Keeper T-O-O, to right. be clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like obviously, Gallagher 2. Obviously. obviously. You know, Gallagher's brother who infringed on his whole gimmick. Yeah, yeah. Is are you the 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 sibling of the original snack keeper then? Oh no, we're not related. Okay. Fascinating. Do you want to talk about the movie? I yeah, yeah. Now that we've done uh, nearly twenty minutes of somebody else's podcast. <laughs> Okay, I'll go. <laughs> oh, okay, um, <clears throat> let's start the. Hello <laughs> and welcome to Unsound Theories. I'm Kira. I'm Kat. We watch movies with no sound and no subtitles and try to figure out what the hell is going on. Spoilers: It's penguins. Oh yeah, you love a good penguin. You do, especially given that you did just say it the way that Benedict Cumberbatch says it. Yeah, I, I know. I was on Tumblr during the peak of the penguin craze. <laughs> I have referred to them as penguins uh, throughout my notes in this episode. Yeah, that's, I mean, you know, penguins. Penguins. I, uh, very specifically have, I I've named, like, two, the two lead characters. 
Okay. I um go go hit me. But I did not name any of the other characters. They weren't important. Uh I mean, um age appropriate love interest was pretty important. That's true. Okay, so um, I named the main character um, Purvis Takeru, which <laughs> means his first name is Takeru. Yeah. And his surname is Purvis, Purvis, which means his dad is Purvis Sensei. Yeah. And then the woman he has a crush on, who I have come to find out doesn't have a name. Mm. <laughs> um, Interesting. I named her Opai Sensei. I think that I know the reason she didn't have a name, and it's because it would spoil things too early. I... Because obviously she's him from the future. Okay. Huh. <laughs> That's... I guess she wears colored contacts to make it not so obvious. Oh, I mean, in the future, you can change your uh, eye color with HRT. Oh, yeah. sick. <laughs> the future rules. Also, there's a lot of penguins, and the world is slightly falling apart. Uh, you know, uh, the world right now is also slightly falling apart, yeah, so I'll take true. it for the super cool advanced <laughs> HRT and penguins. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a. I guess it's your choice between societally falling apart and less cool HRT, or just sort of like falling apart on a Euclidean level, but cool HRT and penguins. Yeah, I mean, Euclidean geometry is a bit overrated, right? That's true. I've seen development videos for a non-Euclidean video game, and it seems pretty neat. Yeah, that sounds sounds fun. I'm going to have to play that. I don't know if it's out, because it's a single-person developer type situation, and Mm. it's a single-person developer having to learn non-Euclidean geometry (laughs) in order to be able to program (laughs) non-Euclidean geometry. And then how to translate that into a 3D rendering engine. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, Mm, sounds fun. Um, so maybe I should have picked up on this because I immediately tagged the protagonist of this movie as having just heaps of the tism. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Absolute. Like, two, two heaped teaspoons, for sure. And, um, you know, he's got his school bully and he's got his gay best friend and he's got, <laughs> um... The girl he plays chess with. The girl he plays chess with, and then he leaves school and he hangs out with a dental hygienist. Yes, uh, who I lovingly referred to as Opai Sensei because <laughs> throughout the entire movie, he is truly just staring at her tits. Oh yeah, he's I I have gathered from some of the reviews that his obsession with her boobs is a central part of the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's weird because like he is a grade schooler, like a uh, important milestone in this pseudo coming of age story is him losing a tooth. Just yeah. to give you some context for this, like adult woman dental hygienist, <laughs> just who he is in love with. Just and like he is always hanging out with her after school. He at <laughs> one point he constantly. fucking sleeps over at her apartment and like draws her in his notebook while she's sleeping. Yes, uh, and her she had fallen asleep like on the floor while they were playing chess late at night. Yeah, because that's a thing that they do. And her tummy was showing, and literally the only thing I could think of was that panel from Azumanga Daya with the tummy slap. 
because you know tummy slap yeah let me see if i can find it. it their their relationship was weird oh extraordinarily for for so many unless, reasons less like, like it was it was i mean unless she's him from the future then it's like yes then the obsession with the boobs is actually just a manifestation of dysphoria yeah and and we don't know whether or not she told him who she was but you like there's a definite like i wish i could have that in his obsession for sure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it feels very like it, it feels like a personal mission like it, it it's very much like a both i want to be her and i find her immensely attractive yeah i um thought she was his mother at first <laughs> <laughs> so I was real weirded out uh, when when uh, he was sitting in the dentist's office staring at her tits. It's it's very odd. I yeah, like the whole the whole movie feels like maybe it didn't need that aspect of the story I, I for don't... it to effectively communicate. The yeah, I don't intended <laughs> narrative and. Um, as that one reviewer put it, the epistemological point. Yeah, it's, um, that was, it, it probably didn't need to be in the movie, but it is in the movie. Yeah. So, uh, the, the, the story basically is that penguins show up in this suburban Japanese town. Yes. Specifically penguins that are normally found in the Arctic or Antarctic. Antarctic. Yes. Um, which is all penguins. Aren't there some in, like, South America and stuff? Yeah, but they're still within the circle. Fair. Um, not not typically a Japanese bird. Correct. And so, like, the vibes that this movie gives off are Totoro if the kids were also weirdo freaks. Yeah. The kids are very weird. Um, in um, a, in a very, it, like... But then, like nerdy like precocious kind of way kind of yeah and it, it takes a hard turn from magical realism into a sort of magical sci-fi yeah that, like i think is really actually pretty fascinating because yeah it the was cool protagonist um takeru purvis um I, I think i remember reading his name is aoyama yeah um he he takes a very clinical scientific approach to everything he does. Yeah. Cause he's trying to figure out. So, um, the story real quick is he's hanging out with this woman. Uh, eventually <clears throat> he discovers that she can turn cans into penguins, which is where the penguins have been coming from. Yeah. They take a penguin out on a train to the next town and it turns back into a can of soda. Once they go too far from the town that they're from. Yeah. So there's a limit to the distance the penguins can be from the central point. Probably Opai Sensei. Yes. And then at some point they find a big floating globe of water out in a field. Yes. And they're like, there's also a lot of visuals representing the sea in like fantasy elements and like, and I, by fantasy, I mean like dream sequences and like fantasizing rather than fantasy the genre right uh so i think like maybe it is a manifestation of so my theory is that the fear of global warming and the rising sea levels is specifically manifested in this giant water orb and oh, the future it represents i i had something somewhat similar that i thought okay so 
one thing I did notice uh, was that all around the town, there were a lot of things that were just sort of in a state of decay that didn't seem like they should be. There were like abandoned vehicles covered in plants and shit in, in fields and yeah. stuff. Oh, that's like very specifically there was the um in the woods where they found like the where they found the entrance to the field that contained the orb. There yeah. was a key truck that looked abandoned for many years but also looked kind of new. Yeah, and there was also in the field where he first saw the penguins there was like an abandoned motorcycle that was the same way. There was also like a yes. billboard that had fallen down that was like grown over in one spot. So I think what I thought was happening was that um there is some sort of like alternate reality or future that is merging with our world and causing all sorts of weird fuckery. Yeah, like it's a time portal. Yeah, like it's it's like someone's jerk off box exploded <laughs> and now there's an orb of time. <laughs> uh like like some residents of some apocalyptic future are in their last ditch effort to live on and save like their population are attempting to merge their future with a point in their past Mm. and the consequence of that is things in the present for us are starting to decay because of weird time effects things that shouldn't be there are there like penguins um, and then the floating orb of water is the like the point at which the universes are merging, and as it grows, the merging gets closer to completion. Yeah, and like there's he they do track like the ebb and flow because it does shrink as much as it grows. This orb. Yeah, because that's in his notes. There's like a cyclical nature. And he puts together eventually that the cyclical nature coincides with how Obai-sensei is feeling. Mm-hmm. So she's connected to it somehow. She also, in addition to turning things into penguins, when it's dark, she turns things into bats. Yes, and this is right after she also tells us about her, or at least she shows us a picture of the Jabberwocky, yeah. not the dance troupe. <laughs> The weird, like, <laughs> fucked just... up, like, seal whale cryptid things? The, specifically, like, the Lewis Carroll one. I don't remember seeing that at all in the movie. She just flashes the book. Okay. Yeah, I missed that part it's, somehow. Yeah, it, it's it's the drawing from the book, which is what makes it so fascinating. I guess it's a um, etching, not a drawing, but whatever. The, right, the right. point stands. Yeah, I thought that creature was just like this is a native creature from the alternate universe that is like as as the encroachment grows, the the native fauna from there are starting to show up in our world. So like the thing is that this Jabberwocky is like at least part part ways human and part ways a seal, right? Kinda, yeah. The, the thing that manifests and eats the penguins. Yeah, it is a little a little um, fucked up. We also yeah, at some point, Opai Sensei shows up, and the penguins start attacking the orb. Yeah, which almost kills gay best friend. Yeah, because the orb has a self defense system. And then the lady starts, Opai Sensei starts vibrating next to the orb, and it's like oh, everyone's like, uh, uh, "Ooh, yeah." <clears throat> 
so they do a lot um, more studying of her and the orb. They mm-hmm. eventually take her over to the next town like they did with the penguin and she starts getting really weak and has to go and back. And they don't want her to turn back into a soda can. Right. Because then he can't continue to stare at her tits. So right. they bring her back to town and she gets better. What soda do you think she's made from? Um, Fanta, what the Fanta mystery flavor? <laughs> I was sitting here trying to think of a a boob-related soda, and I couldn't, so, yeah. Um, there's the Korean soda called Milkis. I don't want to think about that. It's like a milk soda. No, that's bad for me. That shouldn't exist. That's a crime against reality. It's, okay, yeah, it's, it's... That's like I, legalized, canonized pilk. No, you shouldn't do that. Bit. Okay, but have you ever had a egg cream? Yeah. I think, Are maybe? you sure about that? <laughs> maybe not. An egg cream is specifically a drink from... The no. Um, from New York. That, like, generally speaking, is only really popular among, like, the New York Yiddishkeit. It is chocolate syrup, milk, and seltzer water. Oh, God. Uh-huh. No. It's actually very good. Cat, I'm quitting the podcast. But, okay. No, I'm... But you can't quit until you try an egg cream. Oh, no. No, this is what I have to do next episode, isn't it? Yes. Um, if you can get Fox's it. You Bet Syrup, that's preferable. I probably can't, but I'll look for it. Let's see if I can. I can get it on Amazon. I. I mean, I can probably get it on Amazon. What is it called? Uh, Fox's, Fox's You Bet Syrup. Uh huh. Nine forty-seven for a twenty-two ounce bottle. You could also get Bosco chocolate syrup. Bosco chocolate syrup. That is 40 cents cheaper. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something. Uh, so I guess I'm doing that next episode. Is there a preference for seltzer water? Unflavored. Un- I mean, yeah, I figured. <laughs> uh, no, it can be any carbonated water. God. Uh, but it should be like plastic bottle or can carbonated water, not like Perrier nothing fancy and french okay uh we're talking like um store brand seltzer i was gonna grab some store brand that's perfect and just regular two percent milk Eh, whatever okay i mean um oh mm -hmm. i just thought of something cursed Mm, okay um so you know how there's a proliferation of hard seltzers no I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to ask you to, but I am now considering making uh, a alcoholic egg cream. Mm. An egg claw, for example. Oh, God. It shouldn't be done, Kat. It shouldn't. It shouldn't, and it must uh, but not. But yet I must. God damn it. Oh, the things we fucking create spawn into the world because of this fucking podcast. We throw a can in the air and it transforms into a horrible <laughs> abomination, a food abomination penguin. Uh, at least we don't do hair crimes. 
That's true. And this movie also did not do hair crimes. Yeah. I appreciate it for that. So in the scene where he does sleep over at her house, mm-hmm. um, I have some very specific phrasing in my notes that I would like to share with you. Okay, go. Um, if this kid grabs a titty, I'm suing myself for damages. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't, so I'm okay. Yeah. That's... I was prepared for it to happen. Yeah. And... Okay, so you know how you have face blindness? Yeah, I know it was real bad in this one. Yeah, oh my god. Uh, Generic anime woman blindness really got to me because I could (laughs) not tell Opai Sensei apart from his mom. Who does live with them. It's weird that like his dad is like, yeah, hang out with this older woman. And his mother just has no say in it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, God, that's fucking weird. When the Jabberwockies do show up, um, the his school bully eventually like captures one and shows it to the class in a tank, mm-hmm. and it is actually kind of adorable. But yeah. I have in my notes, "Wogue, that's a fucking creature," and I spelled creature C R E A C H E R. Ah, yeah, it was a very small tank for that poor thing, though. Yeah, it was like a fucking, you know, the tanks that if you display a fish in Animal Crossing. Or, like, if you put a fish down on the ground in Animal Crossing, not displaying it on a table, but just putting it down on the ground. I've never played Animal Crossing. Uh, okay. Um, the closest I can I can get you is uh, Island Sanctuary in Final Fantasy XIV. That's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Or the, uh, the, the, uh, uh, like, side game in Hollow Cure. Okay, yeah, no, the side game in Hollow... I do love that fishing minigame. Yeah, yeah, that fishing game's fun. I could do that for hours. One of these bad boys. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. Speaking of fishing, yes, let's get back to this movie. Yeah. Because we can fishnish up. <laughs> I would like this to be over soon. <laughs> Uh, so a bunch of people, I think, get lost in this ever-expanding orb, which is now taller than most of the town and humongous. Yeah, there's a bit of an E.T. situation once the bully kid brings the thing in, because then, like, adults find out about it, and there's a whole big, like, scientific investigation going on. Um, and... Uh, oh, I have another very funny thing in my notes. I wrote, um, after after gay best friend almost gets killed by the orb, I wrote, wait, did that umbrella just age like it was on the beach that makes you old? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. um, and so while all this is happening, Opai Sensei has disappeared. And our protagonist, Little Purvis, is deeply upset to the very point distraught. that he gets yeah. a cold. And has to stay home, and then comes back from being sick, and there's an announcement that the research team has been swallowed by the orb, I'm assuming based on what we see later on. Yeah. And I think the age-appropriate love interest girl, um, her dad or grandpa was part of that research team. Yeah. And she's distraught. At this point... The bully has sort of become their friend through various machinations. Yeah. <clears throat> and the bully and his two little minions help run interference so that Purvis can get to the orb. Yeah. But not before he picks up Opai Sensei. Yeah. 
who then starts summoning mad pangs. Oh, there's so many fucking penguins. They she surf. Turns. They surf on penguins. Yeah, they literally crowd surf these penguins. Who then just fly them into the orb. Yeah. Where they end up in... Greece? Non-Euclidean <laughs> future Euclidean space. Non-Euclidean Greece. Based on the architecture. Yeah, it's like if a town from non-Euclidean Greece sort of collided with their little quaint town. Yeah. In a violent sort of... Um, maybe, if you'll indulge me, a Greece fire. Dumb. <laughs> 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 Thank they you. Hate this podcast. Um, <laughs> there's also sorry. There's a sub theme going on in this movie, and it is squeezing people's nuts. <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot. Three times. Ah, uh, I mean, it's better than squeezing an older woman's tits. So yes, the nut squeeze <laughs> technique is always used. Uh, or is predominantly used defensively. It is used as an attack one time when the bully squeezes the protagonist's nuts. They do tie Rips him. up his hand-drawn map after tying him to a vending machine and then pisses on the map. That was fucking brutal. And he yes. just sort of sits there tied to a vending machine in the middle of goddamn nowhere for a while until Opai Sensei shows up and rescues him. Yep. Oh my god. Um, so he and Opai Sensei do end up rescuing the research team, bringing them back to the real world by having all of the penguins turn into penguin missiles <laughs> and yes. blow up the orb from the inside. Yeah. Uh, and then following that, they uh, clean up the remainder of the orb mess and then start to disappear, and then so does Opai Sensei. Yeah. And our protagonist has not grown in the slightest, <laughs> has not changed even a little bit, and is just secure in his knowledge that one day he will be able to grab those boobs. One day he will have those boobs. Yes, that's why he'll be able to grab yeah. them. They will be his own. Yes. Hell of a movie. So, so, uh, you know? It was a movie we watched. It was a movie we watched. Yep. Okay. Um, Tell me me the the truth. So, this is an Unsound Theories first. Really? There is no Wikipedia article for the movie, but there is a Wikipedia article for the book. Okay. So I will read the plot summary from the book, and we can see if it differentiates in any way from what we observed in the film. Okay, I love this. This is a fun game. Penguins suddenly appear... uh, Sorry, let's go back. Um, Penguin Highway, stylized as Penguin Highway, written in Japanese as Penguin Highway, Yeah, is a Japanese science fiction novel written by Tomohiko Morimi published in 2010. The manga adaptation was serialized from 2018 to 2019, and an anime adaptation premiered in August 2018. Penguins suddenly appear in the town with no explanation. What town? I don't know. We, Does it matter? We may never know. Probably not. Yeah. Aoyama finds that the penguin species is known to follow a singular path known as the Penguin Highway, which leads to the woods. After the bully Suzuki ties Aoyama up to a vending machine, the lady frees Aoyama and transforms a soda can into a penguin. 
Um, I assume this plot summary is written from a perspective of someone who knows the characters first, uh, despite the fact that the character section comes after the plot section on this Wikipedia article. It's a badly written article uh, is what so I'm saying, and I'm going to go to the talk page and complain about according it. According to the reviews, her name was just The Lady. She doesn't have a yes. name. Yes, I unmuted briefly and... Like, he does very specifically refer to her as Onesan. <laughs> and at one point, she calls him Shonen, which is just, like, young boy. <clears throat> Interesting. It's a, it's, it's a very strange relationship they have. Yeah. Anyway, at school, Aoyama finds Uchida and his other classmate, Hamamoto, with a penguin named Penta on the rooftop. They bring Penta on the train, where, he f- where it falls ill upon leaving the station. Penta stumbles out of the cage and transforms into a soda can. Aoyama then goes back to a cafe to play chess with the lady, where she mentions her trouble sleeping after reading the Jabberwocky. The power goes out, and then she accidentally transforms the pieces into bats. Aoyama later deduces that the lady can turn thrown objects into penguins in the light and bats in the dark. The next day, Hamamoto leads Aoyama and Uchida deep into the forest, where a floating sphere of water sits. She calls it the sea. The next few days, Aoyama, Uchida, and Hamamoto spend playing around the sea and investigating it. Uchida throws a toy spaceship into the sphere, and it sucks up the toy. One day, Suzuki comes to bully Uchida and Aoyama, happening upon the sphere, and Hamamoto warns him not to tell anyone about the sphere. The next day, reporters note a new unidentified creature has been discovered. Aoyama and Uchida spot the creature eating a penguin. The lady asks Aoyama to go to the coast with her, and they depart by train. As they leave the station, the lady falls ill. Her sweat falls onto the ground, liquefying the concrete into the creature, a jabberwock. He does not see the lady after that for a while. After school, Hamamoto and Uchida go to find the forest blocked off. Entering despite the warnings, they find Hamamoto's father conducting research, with Suzuki revealing the sphere's location. A huge storm brews as the sphere grows in size. The next day it is revealed that the sphere has expanded to a dangerous extent, leading to the disappearance of Hamamoto's father. The school holds a lockdown and Aoyama escapes to meet up with the lady. Aoyama solves the mystery. The sea is the energy source for both the penguins and the lady, but the penguins try to destroy it. The sea displaces space and distorts time. Aoyama believes the sea is a hole, a place where the world is torn. The penguins are trying to destroy it in an attempt to repair the world. However, making too many penguins causes the lady to fall ill. In response, she produces the creature known as the Jabberwock. These attack the penguins which make the sphere larger and result in her improved health. Aoyama and the lady walk toward the forest, generating a mob of penguins. They blast their way into the sphere and land in the apocalyptic future. Aoyama and the lady rescue Hamamoto's father and the other researchers. The penguins fly up and pop the sphere, causing water to rush out into the real world. Aoyama and the lady return to the cafe to talk while the mob of penguins slowly disappear. When the last penguin disappears, she hugs Aoyama and leaves the cafe. Outside the window, she disappears. He resolves not to cry, believing he will see her again and will tell her that he loved her. One day, Aoyama spots a cat playing outside the cafe in the spot the lady disappeared from. He approaches the spot and finds the toy spaceship that the sphere swallowed. The end. Now, here's the thing. We fucking nailed it. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Um, he will see her again someday, and he will get to tell her that he loves her when he looks at himself in the mirror. Yes. And chooses to love himself or herself. Yes. At this point that's, in 
her narrative. Genuinely, I love that for her. I am excited to write that fanfic. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Uh, So, like, a lot of this plot is very Stanislaw Lem. Uh, yes. And, you know, you're allowed to... I think, more often, stories should just be different versions of a story that already exists. And I mean, if you... I agree. If you want to suck Joseph Campbell's dick a little bit... All stories are versions of a story that already exists because there's only one story. But Joseph Campbell was a racist and sucks. Yeah. So I disagree. <clears throat> I don't, like, just sort of in general, don't really want to suck his dick. So There's a Tumblr post uh, that makes fun of Italian Joseph Campbell. <laughs> it's like, oh, I misinterpret the native cultures. <laughs> I make it a meatball. I misinterpret in- indigenous American culture. <laughs> And it's like, yep, that's an apt, that's, you know, sometimes you have to make fun of Joseph Campbell by making him talk about spaghetti. Yeah. I mean, that, I like, where, where oh else God, do you think the nasty canned pasta comes from? It's true. <laughs> <laughs> and now that we've talked about Joseph Campbell in back-to-back episodes, do you want to hit me with those reviews? Yeah. So this was a tough one. Um, all of the reviews... Almost all of the reviews on Amazon were very just sort of sincere reviews that weren't absolutely goddamn batshit insane. Um, Damn. I, there's a couple of... Uh, there's, there's some work we have to do that I need you to do. One review is from Rihanna H., who gives it five stars and titles the review very comical. And it reads, My grandson does one of the voices for this. So we have another family reviewer mystery we have to solve. Okay. Um, H. 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 I'm assuming it's the the English dub. Yeah, it could be anyone, though. (laughs) Because she could be a maternal grandmother. Yeah, that's true. Um, I know the answer, actually. You do? I do know the answer, because it is, uh, the review is accompanied by an image of a a tiled uh, several pictures of the same character. So I'm assuming this is the character that her grandson voiced. And it is the gay best friend. Oh, uh, Uchida. Yeah. Uh, Landon Beatty. All right. Uh... That was the only... Oh, um, here's a fun fact about the studio that did this animation. Uh Uh-huh. They also made my favorite episode of Star Wars Visions, Tatooine Rhapsody. (laughs) Nice. Which is the one where the little Jedi kid is in the band with the hut, the droid, and the three-headed drummer. (laughs) I haven't seen it. Um, I have a question for you, though. Genuinely my absolute favorite. Um... Uh, yeah. So, if you had to guess, uh, what is the ratio of mentions of the word boobs or breasts to reviews in this movie, for, for this movie? Um, I'm gonna say, is it total mentions or like that you total look, total I feel like total instances of the word boobs or breasts? It's probably one to one in in total instances of the word boobs or breasts in the reviews. Uh, like it's gotta be like close to one to one, if not more heavily weighted in favor of people talking about boobs. So here's it. Here's an interesting thing: is as the reviews got more and more stars, they talked about boobs less and less. Yes, because. <clears throat> 
it's a thing that the movie really could have done without. Uh, it like so in the one star reviews, there's six instances of boobs or breasts and eleven reviews. In the five stars, there's six instances of boobs or breasts to sixty four reviews. The overall ratio so it is seems about like twenty one percent. The more you can tune out the boobs, the more you enjoyed the movie. Yeah. <clears throat> the overall uh, was twenty one percent on Amazon and eighteen percent on IMDb. I do have a couple of IMDb reviews that I want to touch on. Okay. I would like to... There's a four-star review from WM Birch 13 that I hope we can touch on if you haven't pulled it for your list. The only one I got from Amazon was our character, our family mystery. Oh, no, this is from IMDb. Sorry. okay. Oh, yeah, I did grab that one. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, So our first IMDb review uh, is from uh, AnavidSH5... Four four zero seven, who gives it ten stars and titles the review mesmerizing, and it reads: "I am no critic. I submit scores in IMDb for one reason mostly. I give high scores to recommend a movie I like, or vice versa, which is just sort of how reviewing works. Like I." <laughs> Anyway, I really enjoyed this anime. I just lose myself when watching good animes, and that's enough for me to believe something is good or not. You know, like, I I feel like that's a fair criteria. If you can enjoy yourself enough to get lost in the fiction, then, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I just had, I'm Um, just really confused what else this person thinks people review movies on IMDb for. so... Yeah, I think, like... Like, if it's good, you give it a high score, and if it's not good, you give it a low score. That's what reviewing is. Very much an attempt with IMDb reviews to come at it from the lens of film criticism. Oh, yeah, that's true. To be very specifically focused on, like, trying to make yourself seem like a smart... Like, uh, sitting at the feet of Roger Ebert yeah, yeah. and trying to you get some fucking thirty-five paragraph movie reviews. <laughs> yeah, you get some. You get some like thousand-word New York Times reviews. <laughs> <coughs> anyway, our WM Birch thirteen oh, review. Could I, yes, could I read this yes, one? Go ahead. Okay, so WM Birch gives this movie four out of ten stars, and says the title. Sorry, the title of this review is "Not Enough Penguins." <laughs> They say, I'm only about an hour into this movie, and I'm already disappointed with the lack of penguins in this film. 10 out of 48 people found this helpful. (laughs) The thing is, they just had to wait a little bit longer. Yeah, they had to wait like another hour. (laughs) Um, The last one I have is not a full review. It's just a paragraph I pulled out of... Um, the aforementioned way too goddamn long review of done by someone who <laughs> really needs to touch grass. Someone who very much wants to position themselves as the Roger Ebert of like they're they're probably reviewing reviews psychology. on IMDb with the like hope that someone will see it and hire them as a film critic. Anyway, this paragraph reads, There is an anecdote told by Aoyama early on in the movie in which he compares the lady's breasts and his mother's breasts, which which are abstractly belong to the same category of objects, but in reality affect him completely differently. 
In fact, that's how aforementioned epistemological problem may be simply illustrated. The subjects of scientific study should not be treated as abstractions, but rather as quite specific phenomena, to each of which, despite the quantitative similarity, a special qualitatively different attitude should be formed. The object, stripped of its qualitative properties and reduced to mere quantity, is not wholly real. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so can I tell you a little bit more about this fellow that we've discovered, <laughs> Mr. Yes. Smooth Runner? I, I do want to mention, the, the one thing I forgot to mention is that according to one of the reviews, there is a line where um, he tells uh, the lady that if she uh, ate less, her boobs would shrink. Um, I think that is a lesson for a lot of trans girls to take to heart. Yeah. If there's no fat being added to your system, HRT ain't gonna do much. Yeah. Yeah, you, you need material to build up with. Exactly. Exactly. Um, speaking of which, I've gotten back on HRT and uh, Emma has confirmed that my tits have gotten bigger. Hell yeah. Love that for you. Which, like, I also did just buy new bras, like, a oh, month God. ago. Which horror i think i think like <laughs> cosmologically the buying of the new bras is actually what caused them to grow uh, yes i agree i fully agree okay so smooth runners other reviews um anime 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 <laughs> anime video game video oh, game no. anime 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 tom hanks and groundhog day <laughs> I'm getting such a specific picture of this person. (laughs) Oh my... Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we've also got Dune. Which one? The Ryan Reynolds movie. uh, The most recent one, not the good one. Um, And then the Ryan Reynolds video game movie, Free Guy. I didn't know that was a video game (laughs) movie. Yeah, it's a it's a video game movie. All right. Oh, he's also reviewed Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh no! Please link <laughs> oh, me Fight that. Club. Please, oh, please what? link me that review. Fifty the Shades 50 of Grey and, and Fight Club. I need both of that in my life. I have to. I need that. Yes. Okay. So here's the thing. His um. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Fifty Shades ratings. Um, oh no, that's ratings, not reviews. I gotta, okay, I'm gonna try to find this review. I'm, I've I mean, there's, they've reviewed uh, Metro Exodus, which is another video game. There's like 1,600 reviews, and there's no way to go directly to his review of... Oh god, yeah, <clears throat> that's, pro- that's problematic. And I'm just not interested in searching for it, because I have people in the polycule I would like to hang out with. That's fine, I'll, I'll find it myself. Where are you? I'm not even seeing that this person has reviewed that in their list of reviews. From Smooth Runner? Yeah. I might have gone to his rating. Yeah, he's only done 26 reviews. Gotcha. Okay. Hey, that's yeah, 25 I... more episodes of extra content for us. Yeah, uh, I don't think we need <laughs> no, to do that. No, we really again. don't. <laughs> Um, he does call Groundhog Day a pointless exercise in <laughs> his attempt to review it. Oh my god. Mm. Basically, it's a whole de- his whole review of Groundhog Day is I got older and now this movie hits different. 
Yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> that'll happen. All right. Do you have anything else you want to talk about in this um... godforsaken episode where we did 20 minutes of someone else's <laughs> podcast? <laughs> it was for a good cause. Yeah. Um. I. Oh, we. Would you? What? Uh, um. We have to do wood sound or wood not sound. Oh, uh, wood sound. I think this movie deserves a second watch with, um, at the very least, the Japanese dialogue. I don't know if I need the subtitles. Yeah. Okay. So here's. Not that I understand the Japanese. So, just that I don't know that I need the subtitles. There's that, and also a, a common problem, according to the Crunchyroll comments, was that the subtitles did not sync up well with the the dialogue in the movie. Some of them were up to thirty oh, that's seconds beautiful. off, <laughs> which sounds like a hell of an experience. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. Um, how did I end up on the Star Wars wiki? It always comes back to Star Wars. It's always been Star Wars. Oh, because of Tatooine Rhapsody. Yeah, that would do it. Alright. I just had a thought. Yeah? This is something that I was thinking about, um... Okay, sorry. This would be a really funny episode. Spot to cut the episode is... I just had a thought. (laughs) Okay. Um, so going back to All Dress Tips, um, mm-hmm. they've featured on this podcast several times. They are also, I believe, canon in the Star Wars universe via, uh, Chicks with Dice. Yes, Space All Dress Tips are because canon. Because all Star Wars faps are canon. <laughs> it, it stands for fan actual play, obviously. Gotcha. <laughs> um, uh, thanks for we listening. We I'm setting myself free of this. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Unsound Theories is made by Danger Square Productions. You can follow us on Tumblr at Danger Square Media or follow Kat and Kira on their respective Tumblrs at ZaftiCat, that's Z A F T I K A T, and Sapphire Mess. The best ways to support what we do are leaving five star reviews on the podcatcher of your choice or telling a friend about the show. If you'd like to support us monetarily to help us keep the lights on, you can visit dangersquare.ca where you'll find links to our Patreon. The music used in this episode is Dance on All the Cell Phones by Chris Postel of Sounds Like an Earful. Visit soundslikeanearful.com to hear more of Chris's tracks. Until next time, thanks for listening, because we sure didn't. <laughs>